Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. I hope you enjoyed that time of worship with us, that uh, short time of worship. Um, please make yourself comfortable wherever you are. We're going to um, soon hand over to Pastor Sias uh, to share the word with us. And um, Pastor Sias is really someone I have a lot of respect for. One of the cruxes of our vision of uh, Shofar is um, not just to make disciples, but to make disciple makers. And if, if anyone in Shofar embodies that, um, to me, that is, that is Sias. I think there are so many of us that he has uh, uh, discipled. He actually brought a, um, along a couple of his mighty men uh, to the studio where we're shooting. And um, uh, once upon a time, when I was a student, Sias discipled me as well. And, and I think so many of the pastors and leaders in Shofar have been discipled by Sias. So he's really, he's really passionate about uh, disciple-making. And... Um, in a, in a very real sense, he also embodies the, the vision we have here in, in, in Shofar in Johannesburg. We, we talk about okay, how we make disciple-makers, that's what we do. How we do it is we teach people to live the gospel, love the people, and obey the Spirit everywhere. And Sias really does that. He really loves the gospel. You know, When I asked him this morning, what are you going to preach? He just said, I'm going to preach Jesus. <laughs> and I really appreciate that about, about Sias. He's an evangelist, and, and he's someone who preaches the gospel, not just in South Africa, but everywhere across the world. Uh, and he has so many great stories about um, outreaches and, and the amazing things that God has done uh, during uh, outreaches that God has uh, sent him on, missions that God has sent him on. And, and like I say, he really focuses on people and discipling people and loving people. Uh, I remember so many walks and stuff that I had with CIS on camps and all kinds of stuff where we would go and, and he'd, uh, he'd just invest himself in me. And I know he does it with many, many other uh, young people as well. And uh, when it comes to obeying the Spirit, um, yeah, Sias is uh, always full of testimonies of what the Holy Spirit uh, has done in him and through him. And he's very passionate about helping other people to also obey the Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them how to, um, you know, grow in the, in the fruit of the Spirit and, and, and operate in the, in, the, in the gifts of the Spirit. Um, yeah, so Sias, it's, it's really a privilege for us to have you here. We're really looking forward to, to what you have to share. We're looking forward to hearing your stories. We know you, you always have great stories about what the Lord has done and what the Lord is doing. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being here with, with us. Well, it's great to be here, Henny. It feels different because uh, we always like see the people. But um, at least, hallelujah, the Lord has made a way for us to still <clears throat> be online and be over the internet so we're excited that you are here and that you're listening because it's the word of god that changes us amen, amen. Yeah. amen. so um you know obviously with with these um times in, in with coronavirus COVID 19 a lot of things are changing even the way that we're doing church is, is changing um and and uh, a lot of people um are, are quite anxious are, are quite worried um, don't, are quite uncertain. There's a lot of uncertainty. People don't know what's, uh, what to expect. Um, and um, what, what is your sort of take on this time? And, and what do you think God is doing at this time? So that's a big question, Annie. But I think the, the most important thing is not to respond in fear, but now to, to get, get rooted in Christ, get rooted in, our, in the love of Christ, and especially for the church to arise. The church should stand up now and be the prayer warriors and be the engine room um, of, of the gospel, not, not draw back now and say, you let's listen to all the opinion of the world. To be practical, yes, and responsible, because there's a lot of other people that, whose lives are 
stake, especially in the context of South Africa with people struggling with immune systems and HIV people. So we need to be very responsible, uh, but then we also need to be spiritual uh, because we are spiritual beings. And if we are not focused on the right things, we can be trapped by fear and uh, it can take us captive. But I th I'm very excited about this time because now we don't go to church anymore. We are the church. Amen. We become the church. And, and that is exciting where everyone needs to say, let's build relationships with God, with each other. But also it's a time and opportunity to minister to our friends and our neighbors. Amen. So no, I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, in a time of, of, of um, fear, you know, when, we, when the world is frightened, um, the church must be fearless mm. and, and fearlessly, um, you know, live the gospel. Yeah. in front of the world so they can see. But let's, let's just take a, a, a minute or two and just, just pray for, for the church first and then just for the, the country. Mm. Maybe you can lead us in prayer and then I'll, I'll pray for us as well. Amen. Thank let's you. close our eyes. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity. Like Isaiah said, arise and shine for your light has come and mm. the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And we pray, Father, that the church will arise even when deep darkness covers the earth and there's so much fear we want to thank you, Lord, because we look to you. We behold Amen. the Lamb, Amen. Lord, that we can know that there's hope, there's joy, there's peace. Lord, but there's also a freedom that comes, Lord, when we serve you. And we pray for the church, for Shofar here in Johannesburg and Randburg, Lord. We pray for not just our body, Lord, but yes, we pray also for all the other churches, believers Amen. all across the world, Lord. Amen. That truly there will be a hope, Lord. There will be a comfort of the Holy Spirit. And we welcome your Holy Spirit in our yes. lives, into our homes, into our relationships. And we say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Yes, let Lord. your will be done here as it is in heaven, we pray. Yes, we pray that in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. And we just bring our country, South Africa, before you, Lord God. And Lord, you know our situation. Mm. You know how many people, um, poor people there are that just live from, from the hand to the mouth, Lord, that... Mm. that um, mm. uh, don't, that, cannot, uh, that don't have jobs or that cannot get jobs at this time, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord mm -hmm. God, that you'll mm -hmm. have mercy on us as a country, Lord God. Lord, where there are so many people mm -hmm. um, in our country that are HIV positive yes, and, yes, and that Lord. have um, conditions like TB, Lord, and, and, mm -hmm. and whose immune systems are already uh, compromised or are vulnerable to, mm -hmm. to this coronavirus. Lord, we just, we just pray for your grace and your mercy yeah. to be poured yeah. out on this, at this time on our country, Lord mm -hmm. God. And we pray, Lord, that... Um, Lord, more than just physical protection, Lord, we, we pray, Lord, for uh, that people will find you, Lord Jesus, mm, as their mm. spiritual protection, the yes, ark into yes. which they can go to find safety, the yeah. shelter into which they can run, uh, the, the refuge mm. in which they can mm. find uh, cover and protection, according yes. to Psalm 91. Amen. Lord, we, we, just, we just bring our country before you and we, we ask for your, mm. your grace, your mercy. We ask for wisdom for our leaders, Lord mm. God. We, we pray, Lord, mm. that, that your church, Lord, in, in this country will arise as see us pray, Lord, yeah. and that we'll, that we'll really take the lead, that we'll um, live fearlessly, even, though, even uh, responsibly, but, but yes. fearlessly yes, before the world, Lord, and that mm. we'll show at this time especially that our hope is in you, that our trust is mm. in you, and that you mm. are greater than any problem. Yeah. or disease that we might face. Uh, and so, Lord, we just consecrate this country to you. We ask yes, for your Father. blessing upon yes. South Africa, Lord. And we keep our mm. eyes, as, as your church, we keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, mm. even as we sang, the Lamb of God. We behold you, we look at you, and we're inspired by you, yeah. our great high yeah. priest. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. 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 Yeah, what a privilege to share with you this morning the Word of God. And yo, it's exciting times, like Pastor Henny said, 
uh, this is also time for us to pray, to stand in the gap, and uh, to be good neighbors, and to be good citizens, and do the responsible thing. And I want to share a couple of thoughts on uh, this theme just this morning, keep it simple. You know, um, we, I love the ABCs of the gospel, uh, the very simple things that changes our lives, and even when we hear the same scriptures, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read that same scripture, and it's the 30th time that I've read it, it just jumps up and it says, wow, you know, because Scripture is alive. It's a two-edged sword. Um, it's living. It's sharper um, than just the things in this world. And as, as I'm going to share today, I want to start with a story, a very simple story, but it's, it's so profound because in this time, you know, a lot of people would react in fear. A lot of people will, would be anxious about their jobs, about the economy. There's a lot of things going on. But if we don't look to Jesus... Uh, we're going to be in trouble. It's so easy to be distracted or be reactionary to the things around us. And I want to start with this scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, from verse 1 to 3. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Yo, he says, we're running this race. Don't stop. And I think, um, you know, when you go to the pre-primary schools and they always have this 50-meter sprints. I don't know, one, one day we were looking and the gun went off and the, the chokrikis were all running in the one direction. And then this one guy just saw his dad on the other side and he took a 90 degrees and ran over the field, you know. Um, and I realized, like, sure, he was so distracted because, you know, grandpa and granddad always, they, they perform as if it's the Olympics, you know, the final in the Olympics. That's how excited parents get and people get. But, hey, if you... Stay off the, the focus of where you're going. It's so easy to get distracted on the, the surroundings, the crowd cheering, the grandmother or granddad standing. But you have to look to the finish line. And so that's what I want to encourage us. And scripture says here, look unto Jesus. And who is this Jesus? The author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, and, and how can we endure these things? How can we run? The scripture says, because there was a joy that was set before him. Uh, God wants to give us a joy that surpasses our understanding and a peace that surpasses knowledge. It even says his love is, is beyond knowledge. And so when we look to him, that joy is not derived from our circumstances, but because we know him. And Jesus had that joy. Jesus looked to the Father. Jesus looked to our freedom and the forgiveness we have. You know, it was not about the pain he had. It was not, you know, he, he couldn't focus on that thing. But there was a joy that was set before him. And so it's amazing when Scripture also says that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Wow. It means that He's written the book of your life. He's written the book, the story. And I want to tell you this story. Once we, we hiked up into to the mountains in Nepal and uh, up to Tibet. And we came to these three villages. But the, specifically there was one village. And the interpreter said that it's very... The people are very fearful there. They're very antagonistic. They're not open to the gospel at all. Uh, and so we were praying for a day and a half before we get, got up to this village. And we said, Lord, you need to open a door. And so we were hiking up and getting around. And at a, at a stage, we came around the corner. And there was this whole village was together. 
and the chief was sitting there and there was a big verbal argument. People were just like verbally disagreeing and we could see that there's some people that were very unhappy. So here we got to the scene and we thought like, oh, okay, this is great. The Lord just organized everything for us. And as we were standing there, uh, through the interpreters, obviously we spoke and uh, the chief said, no, no, we, we can't talk to the village. And we said, no, please, can we talk to the village? And the chief said, no, there's no way. Except one thing, if you can tell us, or if you can tell him, we could tell him what was the dream that this guy was dreaming for about 12 to 15 years before we got there. And so now we realize like, yo, because they were Hindus and Buddhists and lots of other religions and no one could interpret the, or could tell him the dream. Not even interpret the dream, just tell the dream. So now we were standing there, we were praying together and we just said, okay, Lord, you need to tell us because you know and you've been here long before we were here. And so uh, the most amazing thing happened is three people in this group had the same idea, just to tell the story of Noah. And, uh, and so we came around and we told the story of Noah. There was still a guy, you are here. He was the first one who said it. And we just told the story of Noah. And the most amazing happened, thing happened. The, the chief said, yes, that, that's what he dreamt. He dreamt of a flood and of an ark and of a rescue from God. And, and it was just so amazing how the gospel opened up but what surprised me, and we should not be surprised, is that that guy dreamt for many years before we got onto that place. He dreamt, and God put a dream in his heart. And nobody could interpret it, but God knew. So God has prepared his heart. And um, that gives me such security for the times that we're living in. Because God knew about what's going to happen. God knew about the economy. God knew about all these things. And so if we trust in him, we realize that he's there. He's Emmanuel God with us. And when we keep our eyes focused on Him, we will not get distracted. But it's so easy to get consumed and you think like, whoa, you know, and it's a reality. Let's be real, yes, about our circumstances. Don't, I'm not talking about an ostrich thing here where we put our, our neck into the sand and our face into the sand and say, no, it's not happening. Because some people love to be in Egypt, you know, where the Nile is, the river Nile, denial. We want to deny our circumstances and then become super spiritual. But simply we need to be practical. We need to say, yes, Lord, we realize this, but our trust is in you. We look to you. We cry out to you. And this is what this writer is saying. He says, when you run the race, repent of the sins, let go of the sins, but also the weights that come upon us. It's so easy to put the weights and anxiety of this world and the cares of this world on us. But First Peter 5 verse 7 says, cast your cares upon the Lord. And he will take care. And you must violently take those weights and give it to him and say, Lord, you are my provider. You're the one who give direction. You know, just this week I was talking to a guy in the tourism industry and he was just crying and weeping. And he says he doesn't know what to do because suddenly overnight there's just nothing happening. Everyone left. Um, but it was so amazing to sit around and say, what is the Lord? What has the Lord told you? Uh, the Lord has prepared you for a time as this Esther or Philip or Joshua, or Joseph. That's the story of is an almighty God that intervenes when people are anxious. But let's turn to Him. Let's not turn to the flesh. Let's not turn to ourselves. Let's not try and just scheme and figure things out. This is the time to spend time with God. This is the time to draw close to the Lord. So even if you're sitting at a home, maybe stop watching all the flicks. Stop watching and sing. You know, I was talking to three young students and they said no now they're going to watch all the series you know they want to catch up they've lined up i said guys you can feed the flesh or you can feed the spirit let's not walk in the flesh 
But let's walk in the Spirit. This is the time to pray. This is the time to seek the Lord's face. And this is what he says, looking unto Jesus. You know, looking unto Jesus. So the first thing, that's what I want to encourage us. That's where we draw our strength from, our hope, our joy. Because it's, it's not about circumstance. It's not about what happens on the outside. It's about who we have and the Spirit of God. You know, Ephesians says the hope of glory. That Christ in us is the hope of glory. It's the fullness of Christ in us and with us and, and where he lives through us. The second thing I want to share with us is uh, what the first church had. And it's a scripture we all know. And that's what I'm very excited about because maybe this is where we're going. Maybe this is what God has prepared in our hearts is to really live to be a biblical church. Not just to go to events, you know, because a lot of people say, hey, we're going to church on Sunday. No, no, we are the church. <laughs> we are the church. The Sunday is just a celebration of what God has done the whole week in our relationships, through our relationships. So I want to encourage us, get connected with people, even if it's on a WhatsApp call or even if it's on Skype. Um, you know, there's so many ways God has made it available through technology for us to connect. But listen to this, what they did in the, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 44. It says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You know, in tough times, we need to look at what did the church do. And I want to just focus in on this one part. There's a lot of things we can read from that scripture. But simplicity of heart and gladness. Gladness and simplicity of heart. I want to tell you, don't let the circumstances steal your joy. Don't let it bring you to a place where your heart becomes hardened because of circumstance, because of things. It's so easy to fall into this trap. Like, where is God in all of this? Why is God? Because now what begins to happen is we actually take up the role of the accuser. You know, we start to accuse God. Or what if, you know, that's what the devil always does. He did it with Eve right from the word go. He's got no other tricks upon his sleeve. He just does the same thing. He says, did God really say this? Is God really good? He wants to question the goodness of God. He wants to say like, wow, Lord, why would a loving God allow this? You know, but uh, the Lord did not promise us peace with an absence of trouble. He said, I want to give you a shalom peace in the middle of the storm, in the middle of trouble. That's where God wants to be known. And so this is what this first church had. Because, you know, remember the first church in the book of Acts, it wasn't just like, hey, let's drink pineapple drinks with Jesus all day. No, they were very afraid for their lives. They were fearful. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, it was in the context of, of them hiding and, and just closing the doors. You know, Jesus said to 500 people, go up to the upper room and you'll receive the promise from the Father. But you know, only 120 made it. 380 just got lost. They got distracted. They were full of fear. But now is not the time to be full of fear. You know, because He's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. And Paul writes that scripture to Timothy and he says, Stir up the gift, Timothy. Stir up what God has given you. Don't neglect that. Don't walk away. In the first church, they had such a purity of heart and such a softness of heart. And I want to encourage us to do the same. Don't let your heart be troubled. You know? 
don't let the devil come and accuse you or the negativity. And that's why surround yourself. And I'm going to talk a bit about that later is to, to have a proper immune system. Yeah? Surround yourself with godly counsel, with godly people, with worship. And that's what they did. They, they were worshiping the Lord. They were praising the Lord. They were, and the Lord added, there was so much favor. Now, yes, let's pray for the favor of God with our neighbors, with people around us, as many people are talking just about the virus and a lot of things happening around us. Now is the time to praise God because this will determine where the ship is going. James says, hey, let your mouth be the rudder of the ship. You know, don't steer off into the rocky places. Don't, don't be going in the wrong direction. And, and don't let the devil steal your song. It is so easy when we become quiet. You know, So if it's troubling or stuff is going not well, then put on the worship music and just dance before the Lord. You know? Become undignified before God because that's when we break this yoke of heaviness because a lot of people are struggling with anxiety, heaviness, hopelessness. Uh, but this is the time where the presence of God, in His presence there is fullness of joy. In His presence... There is fullness of joy. And that's the story of the Bible, is a desperate people crying out to an almighty God, a God that comes to rescue. And even in tough times, you know, some people quote Jeremiah and say, hey, the Lord has got plans to prosper you and give you a future. And that, that's great. But the context even of that scripture is before they went into slavery for almost 70 years. But the Lord says, I still have thoughts towards you. I want to bless you and I love you. You know, but he didn't just say to them, there's going to be no trouble. There's going to be no tough times. No, he says, in that, I'm not going to forget you. And in that, remember me and remember my promises because I am your God. I am God with you. The third thing I want to focus uh, on today is a very simple thing. Once we just protect our hearts against negativity and we keep our hearts soft and we need to keep the faith. You know, Paul says, forgetting the things that lies behind, stretching ourselves out. Don't lose your faith in this time. And Paul, love how Paul encouraged Timothy. And I want to encourage you, if you have a lot of time, going to read how Paul interacted with this younger believer called Timothy. And he encouraged him so many times. That's where we read that scripture, where I quoted the scripture, you know, uh, stir up the gift, you know, Timothy, do not neglect. But um, in First 1 verse 18 to 19, it says, This charge I commit you. Son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, in faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. So, don't let your faith suffer shipwreck. You know, Paul had some tough times, but he uses this picture: is when the storms of life come, stay in the ship, stay in the boat. You know, I can just imagine with Noah you know, rescuing uh, his family and all the animals. It is, it's just amazing. It, it was a tough time. People just shamed him and people just, because I think there wasn't something like rain the worst time and God said, hey, build this massive ship. Build a massive ark and I'm going to rescue you, you know. Uh, and this is, this is the time to keep the ship intact and that's called your faith. Um, through what we confess, what we say, but what we believe and who God is. Don't let the accusation come in, like I said, about who God is and what God has said. And that's why Paul writes to Timothy. He says, Timothy, uh, I charge you, this charge, I actually, I, I tell you, don't get distracted now. <laughs> According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, but by them, 
stand on them. <laughs> not by the opinion of people, not by just say, oh, maybe, maybe not, maybe he loves me. But there's, there's words that God has spoken, maybe over our businesses, maybe over the church, maybe over your family. Hold on to those words. But Paul says not just hold on to them, wage the warfare with them. <laughs> remind the devil of what God has said. And remind yourself, because it's so easy. We forget what God has said. We forget who God is. We forget about God's goodness. And that's why Scripture just makes us so alive. It just brings us into life, into Christ, because we align ourselves. You know, the other day I had to take my car in um, for a wheel alignment. You know, and we, we have to go like for spiritual alignment many times. You know, because what happens if your wheels are not aligned correctly, it means that the tires... You know, the one may go this direction and the other one go this direction. You still drive, but you take a lot of wear and tear on your tires. There's a lot of things and, and you're going to lose your tires quickly or you're going to need to replace them. Uh, but when you go in to the mechanic or to the, the shop and they align your tires, it means like all the tires run in the same direction, you know. And then it's so smooth for this car to, to run, you know. This is the picture uh, that Paul says, don't let your, your faith be shipwrecked, Timothy. Wage the good warfare. Stand in faith. But especially not because it's about feeling or emotions. It's about what God has said over your life, Timothy. So what God has said over the church. What is God's promises? And, and it's not an airy-fairy, like, suck yourself up, have a minute to win it, you know, with the Lord. Uh, scripture a day keeps the devil away. No, it's those deep things that God has spoken. And, and it's just, we have to take our thoughts captive. When the devil comes in, we have to renew our minds as to who God is. Because that's where repentance starts. Repentance always starts by who God is and what he said. Because we forget, you know. We have got short-term memory loss sometimes and, and sometimes long-term memory loss. Uh, when we forget about God because we get, we're human and we get distracted and things just draw in and presses on us. But that's why Paul reminded him. He says, I remind you to stir up the gifts. I remind you to fan the flame. You know, it's not just like a massive bonfire we make. It's little wood that we put onto that flame all the time. He says, Timothy, stir up. Stir up the gifts. Stir up the flames inside of you. And I, I've been in this situation many times, you know, where you sort of want to lose hope and people say a lot of things. And, you know, you just by, by talking to people, oh, what's going to happen? What if this? What if that? And yes, we're realistic. Uh, it can get very tough. But we are in the presence of God. And that makes a big difference, you know. Uh, that makes a big difference when you read the Psalms, like Psalm 18, where Paul, uh, or not Paul, but um, David said, Hey, Lord, I will trust in you. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You're the one in which I run. Lord, the whole world is falling apart around me. Yet I will praise you. Yet I will trust you. Uh, because he turned to God. He, he fixed his eyes and his faith on God. And remember, that's what pleases God is when we diligently seek Him and we know that there's a reward because we are eternal beings. We, we're walking by faith. We're stepping up into faith. And that's what I encourage you. The fourth thing I want to challenge us and um, it's sort of a little bit connected to what's happening. You know, a lot of people um, are afraid because maybe of bad immune systems. But spiritually, we need to check our immune system. We need to make sure that we have the right environment, you know. There's one guy that traveled with us and last night he was in bed and then he said, oh, I need to go and drink my vitamin, vitamins, you know. And he jumped off and go, went to, you know, he was oh, all fast asleep. But, um, 
because hey, we drink vitamins, we think of how, how do I build up this immune system that I have? Because you as a believer, we as the church, we have a spiritual immune system. I want to read us Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just sometimes, always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's an exclamation mark. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's, it's not a natural peace. It's not a figure out with your head. It surpasses understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds. We need a God in front of our hearts. We need a God in front of our minds. And that comes when we do things God's way. And then finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Are you going to meditate on Netflix and the next, you know, waiting out for this, you know? No, no. He says three things, and I want to focus on those three things. He says rejoice always. Rejoice always. Good or bad times. Rejoice always. He says, do not be anxious, but come to God in thanksgiving and with supplication, with thanksgiving, then, the, then there's, you know, the, those things, the worries will go. But he gives us the tools then. Then the third thing, he says, meditate on what is noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there's any virtue in it. So we need to learn to fix our eyes. You know, Paul said it. Fix our eyes on things above. Think on the things that God has said. You know, put on that worship music. But, you know, to sin, to stress is actually to sin. To be anxious, because it says they be anxious for nothing. And we all sin. We all hey, say, Lord, I'm falling short. But help me to meditate on that. And that's why I want us to really put a God in front of our mouths. To challenge each other. To say, hey, you're not going to speak death. You know, I have a mother-in-law. Whenever you speak death, she just says, no. I reject that in Jesus' name. Right in the conversation, she doesn't care. She says, I don't receive those words, yeah, because you're going to speak life. Uh, and so let's create an immune system that if any verbal viruses want to come in, if any fear wants to come in, if anything, we take it captive and we say, look, I'm going to meditate on what God says. I'm going to rejoice. Even, Lord, I'm going to thank you for the tough times. You know, we had a very terrible tragedy happening with one of our families in the church. Uh, one of their children drowned, a four-year-old girl drowned. Uh, and it was one of the toughest things probably in the last 20 years of ministries, walking this road these, this week with that family. And, um, <clears throat> but to see the strength that God has given them and how they rejoiced and say, Lord, we don't understand. And we, we're going through the most terrible time in our lives. But Lord, we want to thank you that you will make a way. Thank you that you are with us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? And I want to encourage us, but challenge us because do you know what? So many people uh, want to draw back and that's why create the environment where we encourage each other. And that's why uh, send those WhatsApps to your friends. Just challenge people around you. Say to them, hey guys, let's, let's, let's speak life over each other. Let's pray for each other. You know, without prayer, there will be no revival. You know, I love what Reinhard Bunker says. Is, he says, you know, <clears throat> the prayer and intercession is like the detonator of the bomb. You know, there can't be a bomb. There can't be an explosion. That's why 
hey, let's, let's fix our eyes on him. Let's cry out to him. The, the fifth and the last thing I want to share with us is that we should be bold in this time. <laughs> um, and, you know, so many times, so many people, the story of Scripture is God uh, intervening in people's lives. Somebody like Joshua. God says to him, hey, Joshua, only be bold and courageous. Uh, walk into the promised land. You know, fear makes us fearful. Fear makes us just hide and, and, and withdraw. Fear makes us like, yo. But when we're in God's perfect love, he's, you know, he's of cast out every fear. 1 John 4 says that. And then when we respond in faith, because we know who he is and what he has said, he says, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. In scripture we quote so many times. But now, more than ever, for the church of Jesus, we need to seek the kingdom of God. You know, the church in the Middle East, the church in the East, um, they know a lot of persecution and a lot of challenges. But you know what? Now is the time to be bold. And listen to what they prayed in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Nor is the salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Listen to this in verse 29. Now, Lord, this is what they prayed because now persecution came and there was a lot of fear. People were, were afraid. The disciples were afraid of their lives. You know, even somebody like Paul was afraid because the angel appears to Paul and says, Hey, Paul, you know, don't be afraid because I've got many people in the city. And the reason why I'm say, he's saying that is because Paul was afraid. But listen to their prayer in verse 29. Now, Lord, Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we might speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I love that, you know, because hey, we can withdraw or we can say, hey, Lord, this is the time for your kingdom to come. Lord, I'm going to now let go of my own comfort, my own fears. But now I'm going to start to pray for my neighbors. I'm going to start to pray for Johannesburg. I'm going to start to pray that this city will turn to you. Lord, because this is an opportunity. The whole world has come to a standstill. Nobody knows there's no more sport. They can't watch sport. They can't. People are very disillusioned. They're out of their comfort zone. And a lot of people are now beginning to ask deep questions. A lot of people are shaken right to the roots and they think like, what have we built our houses on? And now it's time to be bold and say, yes, Lord, bring it on. You know, I love what um, Angus says. He says, the best form of defense is attack. You know, get out there, go on the offense. You know, I'm not saying like go with the Bible and eat everyone over the Bible because hey, we need to have social distancing and all that stuff. It's very important. But hey, now is the time to encourage people. Now is the time to pray. You know, because... I think if I'm really honest, my first reaction when things go tougher is I begin to think in my mind. I begin to try to work out what is all the outcome. But let's think publicly. Let's think how the first disciples said, Lord, grant to us that with boldness we might preach your word. But also, Lord, stretch forth your hand. Heal our nation. You know? Heal and bring signs and wonders into this country. Lord, let so many people that confess you to be Lord, let them cry out to you in this time and say, Lord, for a time as this. 
You know, that's the story of the people of God. That's the story of this Holy Bible. <laughs> He's a desperate people crying out to God. And then they didn't do it in their own strength. Because, you know, a lot of people want to be bold in their own strength. They're very zealous. They go up and down. But then it will fade away. But when God begins to act, when God begins to move, this mighty God that we serve over all the ages, He's always had His people, His remnant that says, God, stretch forth your hand. Heal. Touch. Deliver. Lord, bring freedom in our nation more than ever before. So I'm super excited, but I want to challenge us with these five things. You know, the first thing was, hey, fix our eyes on Jesus. The second thing was, let's have a simplicity of heart. Let's guard our hearts. Let's be simple in the way that we live. Let's keep our hearts pure, soft, innocent. Worship Him. Keep the faith. Don't let your faith be shipwrecked. Because a lot of people will either want to walk away from the faith or criticize or be negative, then check your immune system. Make sure that the environment around you is clean, you know. Just like we do with all this hand washing and hand sanitizer stuff, you know, just going around is everyone is just like cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. You know, previously everyone would do, you know, move the trolley and go around. Now nobody wants to touch the trolley, you know. Um, but so, so what do we do? We disinfect our environment. But spiritually at this stage, we need to do exactly the same. Disinfect all the negative. Disinfect all the lies that the devil wants to bring in. And then the last one was to be bold. And I'm going to pray for that boldness for us. I'm going to pray that, that God will do something in our hearts. Because that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. The Holy Spirit comforts us. He's the spirit of wisdom of revelation, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. The only thing we can fear right now is God. The only one we can fear is God. Let's have the fear of God. Let's not have the fear of man or the fear of circumstances, because that will cripple us. But let's be anxious for nothing. And I want to I pray that God will bring a boldness in your life, in my life at this stage, to see who He is, to keep on running the race, to be encouraged, not to grow weary in doing good. Not to stop giving to our neighbors. You know, the, there's this wonderful story that were of John G. Lake and these guys that, that were in this great uh, pandemic. And, and they just kept on preaching the gospel. They buried a lot of people. And then when the ships arrived and the doctor said, how, how did you keep this? They said, no, we kept on walking in the spirit. We kept on walking in the spirit. Yeah, And so I want to encourage us, be bold in your faith, be bold in your relationship with God, be bold in your relationship with people around you, but only the Holy Spirit boldness, not a fleshly, natural boldness, psych yourself a boldness. The Holy Spirit wants to do that, and especially for the church, to arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Although deep darkness may cover the earth, the Lord's light will always shine upon us. So I want to pray for us, and I want to pray for you here in Johannesburg, and I want to pray that, that God will have so many testimonies as He stretches forth His hand to heal, to touch, to save, to deliver. So let's pray together. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank You for times such as this. Lord, we're not afraid, because Your kingdom is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It cannot be moved. Your kingdom, Lord, is still standing. Lord, and, and today again we're building our faith and our trust on you. In you we trust alone. In you, God, we stand. And we want to thank you, Father. I want to pray for the leaders here in Johannesburg, Lord. I want to pray for the church to arise, Lord, and to be bold in this time. Bold to worship. Bold to run the race. 
Lord, Holy Spirit, we say we cannot live in this time without you and your guidance and your ways and your heart for us, but Lord, also for this nation that is desperate at this time. Lord, let your kingdom come. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that has trespassed against us. Lord, deliver us from evil. Lord, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.